This is Josh Mills. And this is Jordan. Welcome back to another episode of Acquired Tastings. We are excited for you guys to be here, even though Dad is not. We have the lovely Jordan back in on the podcast. Great to be back. Thank you for having me. And of course, I think, have all the ones you've been on a, in a beer episode? No, there was a cocktail episode. That's right. There was the cocktail episode. Well, but, cocktail tools. That's right. We did the cocktail tools episode, but we're back for another beer episode. And this week... I know Jordan's super excited about this. I am super excited about this. We are doing Oktoberfest. Yes. It is finally that season. Well, it's, I mean, it, they're coming out super early now, but we're finally in, we're recording this in October. Yay. And we've got all the good Oktoberfests out, and we've got two great ones this week. We have the Hofbra House Oktoberfest beer, and then we have a local one here from Ozark Brewing Company. And it's their Oktoberfest and Martin Locker. We just have one snack board today because, you know, I thought I'd keep it easy for Jordan just to come in and enjoy and, and have a good time. Uh, we have some Jaegerwurst, not Jaegerschnitzel. I've been saying it all all day, Jaegerschnitzel. We have some Coastal English Cheddar, which is super, super good. Nice, really uh, sharp, sharp cheddar. And then we have a delicious pizza that I made and as we get into the pizza itself, I'll talk more about what I did to make it and kind of, uh, we need to come up with a name for this pizza because we make this one a lot. All the delicious things on it. It's almost like the ham pizza, but the H-A-M pizza. But uh, so we've got a good homemade pizza to go with us. It's got, I think, six cheeses and five different meats on it today. It's going to be lots of fun. Well, Jordan, we, last week I did a blind. And dad left it here in a sealed envelope for us. And uh, why don't you go ahead and open up and tell us what it was. I think I called it something American. At the end of episode 66, the blind was a Cote de Rhone from the Rhone region of France. Okay, so it was a, it was a really bright fruity though. It was, a, it was a tricky one. I actually think it was the Trader Joe's. Oh, that's such a good wine. <laughs> right, but it's very, very fruit forward. And I think it's what? Yeah, something not expensive. It's a great Tuesday night wine. Yeah, it's a it's a really good wine. If you've got a Trader Joe's, go go out there and check out their Cote de Rhone. It's, it's super delicious. But, well, I think it's time to head into some beer. What do you think, Jordan? Yes, please. All right, so which one do you want to start with, the German or our local one? Let's start with the German. Okay, so... The German one um, is the, once again, it's the Hofbra House Oktoberfest beer. And um, a couple weeks ago, maybe two weeks ago, or the last beer podcast, we did Hofbra House. And, you know, Hofbra House is a Munich beer. Go ahead and start tasting it. And feel free to get into any of the food that you want. Hofbra House is a German beer. Uh, they've been around for centuries. But uh, they didn't really make an Oktoberfest until... The, I think it was like the late, maybe around the 50s. So I think it was after World War II that they finally started making Oktoberfest. And kind of in the in the pickup when Oktoberfest really hit as a, as a destination. This one is it's pretty pale compared to some other Oktoberfests. But it, it reminds me of, I grew up in Kansas. It reminds me of like golden wheat, like in the fall. That nice, light, golden what do you think, Jordan? What do you, yeah, what do you... it reminds me of the wheat fields you'd see in Montana, specifically the Wheat Montana wheat fields, mm -hmm. which if anyone in Little Rock is looking for Wheat Montana wheat products, 
you can get them at Old Mill Bread Company. They actually use Wheat Montana wheat. Oh, okay. So is it like a specific style of wheat or just a company? It's just where they've been sourcing it through forever. If you've ever been in there and looked at the mural on the wall, that's actually the Wheat Montana field. Oh, cool. Is that outside of, is it near Butte or um, Bozeman? It or? is Three Forks, so it's about halfway between Butte and Bozeman. Okay, so on that route that you would travel a lot when you were when, when you were younger. Up. It's a that paler color. It's there's a little bit of hop there, but not a whole lot. But it's definitely malt driven. The malt and the barley really, really drive this beer. And once again, so the snacks are we've got a Jaegerwurst uh, that was from our local shop that we love and support all the time called Ham and Coastal English Cheddar, which is a very sharp, dry salty type of cheddar and then a homemade pizza with a bunch of different meats and some great cheese that cheddar that it's come a little bit more to room temperature the salt crystals are really starting to show themselves mm-hmm. which goes really nicely with this beer yeah the beer now my dad would say this beer has a sweetness to it and it kind of does but it's not it's not like when you think of a something a sweet drink a sweet it's more of like almost like how pancakes are sweet or waffles are sweet. It has that kind of grain sweetness rather than actual like sugary sweetness. This is a, this is a really fun beer. We found it here locally. It's one of the main ones when I was doing some research that they have one of the big parties when it's actually Oktoberfest in Germany. You see a lot of people holding Hofbra House steins. The other one is the Paul Inner, which we've done before, which you and I have drank before. Yes. Quite delicious. You're a huge Oktoberfest fan, right? Love Oktoberfest. How'd you kind of get into Oktoberfest? Um, I've always been a dark beer drinker, love stout supporters, um, browns. And one day I was hanging out with a friend of mine in college and they had a couple of Oktoberfests and they're like, you want a beer? Who am I to say no to a beer? <laughs> um, and that's what they poured and it was just so different. From anything I really drink because I drink really dark heavy things and it just had this nice light sweetness yet you still get some of that dark yeah and it's just I fell in love and I drink them every chance I get I wish they were around year round but unfortunately yeah they make their appearance and they go away <laughs> I know so sadly now when I was doing research so that actually is kind of leads into the research that I did about this back in the 1550s when Germans were started really making Oktoberfest style beers because of all the boiling and the high temperatures that it takes to make beer they only allowed beer to be made from St. George or St. I think it's St. George's Day or no St. Christopher's Day which is at the end of September to St. George's Day which is at the end of April that was the only time you could make beer and it was illegal to make it outside that window. So this style came about because in March, so Marzen or Marza is from my understanding is March in German. Now I may be saying it incorrectly, but it's March in German. And when it would come to the March and the brewers were like, okay, we're coming to the end of our brewing window this is a lager, so it takes longer to ferment. We're going to make these kind of richer, hardier beers that are meant to sit in the cellar. 
from the end of brewing season all the way up to Oktoberfest when we can start making beers again at the end of September. So they added a little extra hop because we need to remember hops are antiseptics, which are preservatives. They add a little bit more of that malty bump to it to uh, kind of make it hearty. And it would sit around the cellar so that they were kind of known as the March beers that everybody would make. And because all your other ales and your lighter style lagers would get drank early in their summer, the ones that were left were these. And it was the most popular style that was being uh, handed out at Oktoberfest. So us Americans being, you know, simple-minded people and thinking, oh, Oktoberfest beers, we're just going to call these Oktoberfest. Like, oh, hey, look, they don't have any other name. We're just going to go ahead and call it the celebration time. And that's kind of how they've how they've kind of got their name, which I thought was really cool. Now, you're right. That English cheddar is, uh, first of all, it's absolutely fantastic. It is a great, sharp, really grassy English-style cheddar that's got that nice kind of bite from the salt to it. And it just kind of adds, for this one, for this beer, it adds a little bit some more of that depth that it doesn't have. It doesn't have a whole, whole lot of malt in it. It's very light. Mm-hmm. lighter than I think of most Oktoberfest, especially compared to the local one we have. Right. I've noticed that about a lot of the German, the traditional German ones, is they seem to be a little bit lighter in style. Or lighter in color. Maybe not in style. But I saw you uh, I saw you get into the Jaeger, Jaegerwurst a little bit. What did you think? It's good. It's really good. Ham does a fantastic job. Mm-hmm. Now, Jaegerwurst, is that is it pork and beef, or is, do you know? I do not. I would have to look it up. I thought he said, I thought he told us it was like half and half, or some sort of percentage of beef and uh, pork. It's got a nice uh, kind of bite and body to it. I'll be honest. I wasn't paying that much attention. I was staring at the big leg of Parma in there. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So Ham's one of those shops that they buy a whole leg of prosciutto yeah. from Parma. And I was eyeballing that you were thinking how can i fit that in my purse (laughs) yes yes i was you know i really got to oktoberfest kind of the same way that you did but my my gateway was sam adams Oktoberfest. delicious because it was one of those like i i like darker beers and it was before dark beer season and i think i was at sam's i may have been at like dugan's or something like that with Dugan's is one of our local Irish bars, which was right by where I was living at the time. And they had this Oktoberfest and I was like, well, I want something darker. And they're like, Oh, here, try this one. And I was like, mind blown. Like it was just, it was perfect. Like it had that depth and body, but it wasn't super heavy. Didn't have that hot weirdness that you get. A lot of times, or at least for me, the hobby weirdness, and it was just like perfect. I went out and saw an Oktoberfest at Sam's and bought like a 24 pack of it. <laughs> or 28. I think it's actually Sam's like sells like a 28 pack or something. It's fine. There's no judgment here. <laughs> and I was just like, and it's, it became my fall football beer, and I just, I super fell in love with it. And then as I started exploring more in beers i was like wait where's the oktoberfest 
in like January. I was like, why is there, why are there no more Oktoberfest? They're like, well, it's only seasonal. I'm like, no, where is my Oktoberfest? And I learned that I had to watch for it. And, what, and then I would watch for it and I just started expanding it. You know, at that time, that was when, you know, I, I first found Lost 40, our local, the one hunter. of our local ones. Yeah, the hunter, which for the first couple of years, they didn't actually log her. But since I've started loggering it, it gets better each year. Yeah. Which also, it's still a relatively young brewery. What, five years old, six years, something like yeah, that? Yeah, that may be like six or might, might be about seven now. And as any brewery, just with time, knowledge, you get better. Yeah, equipment, because, you know, loggering is tough because it takes up a, it takes up a vat for a long time. When you're just getting going, you're you're thinking about profit. Yeah, you've got to hit that profit margin, and loggers are so hard to do. But a lot of beer people love loggers, and that's why we are super excited about Camp Taco, which is getting ready to open. Uh, Lost Forty has um, they bought a brewery that was closing, which is you know a block and a half away. Boom! They bought all the brewery equipment and everything. It was a lot smaller of a brewery. And they said they're going to do a lot of their loggering and get back to some of their more experimental stuff. Both Jordan and I are excited about because COVID stopped Lost 40 doing their fresh cuts, but they just get that get back going. We may have to shift the budget a little bit. <laughs> Mondays, here we come. Mondays, here we come. That's kind of how I got into them. And then, you know, I shared it with all my friends as I do all the time. Drink this. So have you had the pizza yet? Nope. Haven't touched the pizza. I'm going to have another bite of cheese. Tried the cheese. Tried the Jaegerwurst. Mm-hmm. I keep going back to this cheese because it's just so good. Yeah, it is. And I'm really happy that we're going to have this with two different beers because I just want to eat the whole, you know, two pounds we bought. I was going to say, I'm so happy Costco was actually sampling this because I probably would not, as much as I love cheddar, mm-hmm. I wasn't there for cheese. Probably would not have bought cheese. Oh, man, it's just so good. So if you like Dubliner cheese, this to me is actually like a little bit milder of a Dubliner or milder than a Dubliner. I agree. So I'm joking that it's a ham pizza or H-A-M pizza because there's there's pepperoni on here that's not from ham. Persola, which is from which is house made from ham. Then it has prosciutto di Parma, which I bought from ham. There is duck ham. I did prosciutto, and I did the prosciutto twice, so... <laughs> I think that was what was throwing me off. But yeah, so it's got four it's got four meats on it and three three of them are I bought from ham. Uh two of them they made. Very good pizza. Yeah. And it's just on one of the pre made pizza skins from Trader Joe's that has the herbs in it. That's good though. Which is really good. And then it has um Monterey, Colby Jack, um was it Fontina? Parmesan, Pecorino, and one other. I think it's Provolone. Uh, it's in that Quattro Formaggio blend. The Quattro Formaggio blend. And then it has fresh mozzarella and goat cheese on it. And it's just super good. <laughs> I'm here for it. As we're eating pizza, you know, pizza and beer go really, really well together. Are you a big fan of Marzen's or Oktoberfest and pizza? Or kind of what do you, what are your summer favorite pizza beers or favorite pizza beer combos i mean i really love a marzen because it's got enough body that it goes well with pizza that it won't overpower the pizza but just beer and pizza in general you can give me a stout a porter 
a brown. I'm happy. Um, in the summer, I love a good wheat beer. Something on the lighter side of life to go with my pizza. You won't, very rarely will you see me drink an IPA with anything. <laughs> yeah, very true. I'm just not an IPA girl. I mean, there's just something magical about beer and pizza. And I know this is a beer episode, but I'm going to throw it out there anyways. If you think beer and pizza are magical, sparkling wine and pizza will change your life. Mm -hmm. Take it from me. Yeah, sparkling sparkling wine and pizza is just, it's magic. There's something about that, that saltiness and the, the acidity of the sparkling wine. It's actually good sparkling wine. Like if you put your hands on an under $30 bottle of champagne and you do pizza night, like it's going to be great. But if, even if you just like order a pizza or a frozen pizza and you know, something that's dry, you know, 15 bucks and under, it would be, I guess just lights out. Mm -hmm. I love the, I know we've, we've had the Lucian Ombre with pizza. We've had a couple Cava's that are, really really good with pizza we haven't quite found a prosecco yet because a lot of proseccos in our market are sweeter style prosecco. yeah we don't drink a whole lot of prosecco for that very reason right specifically this beer and this pizza what do you think it's good um the one thing i'd say about the pizza so it's a little on the salty side um just some fresh herbs or like some fresh tomato would balance that out really easily, really well. Yeah. But overall, super delicious pizza. Goes well with the beer. Doesn't overpower the beer. Just kind of brings out those subtle lagery. Yeah, to me it kind of brings out that either it's the saltiness or just the, the combination of everything. It tastes a little bit more like a wheat beer. Like it has some more of that um, light, fresh, bready quality that comes through. And I'm not sure if it's the salt because I didn't really get that with the cheddar. Right. And the cheddar is salty for sure. Right. And it may just be the cheesiness or the the extra bread or everything. But, you know, it's still really good. It, it But it doesn't lighten up the beer. Uh, makes it a whole lot easier to drink. <laughs> I'll tell you that. And, you know, this is... Oh, there it is. It's 6.3 by volume. So it's pretty, it's kind of on the lighter side anyway, at least for American beers. Now in Europe, that may be a different story, but it's a little bit on the left side, but it makes it feel a lot lighter. Now it's not bad by any means, but I can just tell you, I would go through two or three of these while, I'm, three or four of these while I'm eating a pizza <laughs> myself, because I, I've noticed I also drink more when I eat. I like to drink meat. It's just, you know, we talked about Hop, I've talked about Hopper House before, how long they've, they've been around for years. They follow all the German brewing purity laws. So they really hold true to that hop, malt, yeast, water thing only. So it's just a great standard. And I think it's a really, it's really good that we did this one because it kind of just says, okay, here's, here's a German stock. And now as we're going to go ahead and switch over to the Ozark beer, which is, you know, following some of those same those same stylistic guidelines, but doing it in their own way. I think it's going to be interesting as we can kind of go back and forth uh, between these beers. But once again, we're going to go ahead and switch over to our local one. Now, if you are outside the state of Arkansas, I don't think you'll be able to find this one unless you are in very Southern Missouri. 
Like they might have it down there. They might, um, just with where the brewery is located up in Rogers. It yeah. might be transferring that far. Like Jordan just said, you know, it's a, it's a brewery up in Rogers. They've been around since 2013. Uh, so they're, they're creeping up on their 10-year 10 10 year mark. Uh, they make really, really solid beer. Uh, their standards, they have a great cream stout. That's really good. Their American Pale Ale is also really good. Um, that's the one with the elk on it. Yeah. Is the pale. Uh, their standard can art's really cool. This is a sticker because it's one of their seasonals, so it's just a sticker can art, which you'll see on Instagram. Which is, I mean, it's it's cool, but you know, their 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 year round cans are are pretty real. Yeah, you <laughs> quite guys should cool. do um some of their other stuff sometime on the podcast just yeah. to show their can art because it's it's neat. It's really neat. Now, one of the my favorite beers that they do is they do a bourbon barrel cream stout. That's really, really, really good. They call it BBCF, the Bourbon Barrel Cream Stout. Yeah, and it's a yearly, it's a yearly release, and we're heading into that season too. We're super excited about Festival of Darkness, which is uh, I know we talked about we talked about it before, Dad and I have, and I think Jordan and I actually talked about it when we were on our first beer podcast, which we did barrel aged beers. We did. <laughs> uh, the Festival of Darkness is when Lost Forty uh, lets out their nighty night triple barrel aged imperial stout quite delicious it is very very delicious so um we'll go ahead and let's uh, let's dig into this we're, like i said we're gonna go ahead and taste through the same thing go ahead and get a cheers as we're sending the next one cheers cheers this one is much much more amber mm-hmm. amber in color this kind of reminds me of the amber that the uh the mosquito was stuck in a Jurassic Park. <laughs> and, you know, it's got that nice go- golden, almost like reddy amber color. You know, we poured this now over a half hour ago, and we still have carbonation coming out with a, with a little bit of head on it. So that's that's a good sign of a good beer. So what are you, uh, you going to try first? So I went back to the cheddar. Well, of course you did. Because <laughs> A, cheese, and B, I thought, I'll just stick with the same order. That I've been doing them in. So I went cheese to the Jägerwurst to the pizza last. And once again, that cheese is just fantastic by itself. But This beer is definitely heartier. It's definitely more rich, more malty, almost more syrupy. Yeah. Now how'd it go with that cheddar? Oh, it's good. Yeah? I will not eat a block of cheddar tonight because <laughs> I might die. <laughs> but over the next week, you may eat a whole block of cheddar. I work from home. <laughs> Who's going to stop you? Right. <laughs> Judge me. I don't care. As that cheese warms up, it just gets better and better. Yeah. The naturalness, like that natural grassy earthiness really comes out. And the salt crystals just kind of pop in there. As you can hear, keeps your mouth watering. I know there are some people who are probably like, man, that guy needs to clear out his mouth. I was like, ah, it's the cheese, man. It's the cheese for sure. That makes it taste like a red ale. That cheese makes it, to me, to make, it has that just red ale kind of taste. Yeah, I agree with that. Super delicious, though. Yeah, it, it has, I don't know what it is. I, I think it's like the sweeten the earthiness of the, the beer just matches with the earthiness of the cheese. The salinity is like waking it up and leaving that kind of more syrupy, really maltiness to it. Very malty. But it still has that like that autumnalness that you want in a Mars. Mm-hmm. It 
kind of tastes like a red, but it but it just has that kind of that it still has that autumnal body and depth to it where a a red ale a red ale doesn't man, I wish we could I wish we were videoing this. Jordan just like took the piece of Jaeger Jaegerwurst and like swam it in front of her microphone. Like, here comes the Jaegerwurst. I'm gonna eat it now. <laughs> it totally threw me off from what I was talking about. But like I said, it, to me, with the cheese, it has a remnants of the red ale, but it still has that depth of a Oktoberfest or a Marzen. And you know, this one they put on the can that it's lagered, so they do take the time to use the the lagering yeast and. Give it the time to fully develop into that that depth and extra flavor that most lagers have. You're having so much fun over there, You're playing with the can. <laughs> it's a good thing you guys cannot see this <laughs> because it would be amazing. It would be. You'd be jealous. Everybody would want to be a guest. Mm-hmm. Only if I could be here with though. you. I was going to say a guest with you, <laughs> not with me. The Jägerwurst. You know, we didn't talk about it that much. The sausage itself. When we were first tasting it. It's got a lot of spices to it mm-hmm. a lot of good flavor to it definitely a good peppery bite to it which i think makes it a great sausage to go with these types of beer it just gives it that depth and i bet there, there's got oh, beef there's in pork. definitely there's definitely beef in here it's really really good if you can get your hands on some jaegerwurst if you can't get your hands on jaegerwurst which i know i do this a lot because i have a local shop that does it and i love them and i support them with every chance i get if you can't do this any good brat any good sausage would work. I even think a like a hot Italian sausage would work. I don't I don't what do you think about sweet? I don't think a sweet Italian sausage would work. A mild or hot sausage would work. Sweet, I'm not so sure, but I wouldn't say that I wouldn't try it. Because you guys already know I love cheese. Cheddar worst. Yeah. What do you think about that lamb sausage that Fastlick does? Ooh yeah. Yeah. So if you are in the Little Rock area or if you're in the Tulsa area or Oklahoma City area, one of the margins that your Bassler Hall will have, and if they have a lamb sausage, because ours does here in town, that would probably go really, really well with it. I also think like elk, elk sausage would go good, would go really well with this. Too bad we don't have any of the moose sausage at the house. That's the other thing I was thinking. Now, what do you think about like a spicy, like a like a chorizo or uh, like a tasso ham or uh, what's the other one I'm thinking? New Orleans one. Andouille. Andouille. What do you think about those? With this? Oh, andouille. But if you're going to get your andouille, you got to go to Laplace to Jacobs. It's the only place to really get andouille. It is the meatiest, best andouille you will ever have in your life. But if you can't, in your <laughs> local shop, or you can find some good andouille, yes, it would probably go well. Um, tasso. I've never really eaten tasso without it being mixed into something else. Okay. So I won't speak too much to that. Um, what was the third one you asked me about? Uh, I got a little distracted by andouille. Andouille, tasso, or chorizo. Chorizo, I would say, would go well, depending on how spicy your chorizo is, because mm-hmm. sometimes chorizo gets really, really hot. Or if you have something to like balance it, maybe. Right, but sometimes chorizo can be a little overwhelming on the spice, and that may not go 
as well. I know you could I know you could eat it because you're allergy, but I've seen some like chorizo tacos that have like grilled pineapple on it or some kind of like slaw. That would probably go well just because the cooling right. and the acidity would balance out that spiciness of the chorizo, and I think it would probably go really well. Yeah. For those of you foodies, pay attention to when Jordan is on the show because we talk food a lot. Because Jordan and I are both big foodies, we're both big drinkies, and we love to do pairings. So we, we, I mean, we talk about this a lot when you're on the show. Food is life. Enough. Oh, well, for those of you Ted Lasso fans, it's not football is life. Food is life. Food is life. <laughs> I, think so, I think something like that would. <laughs> I'm playing with oh my, my pizza gosh. and I'm cracking him up. I'm sorry. Uh, I need to stop. <laughs> but, um, I think if you do like like a tacos al pastor or something like that would be really good with this or even um, a gyro. A gyro may be good. The only thing I would, I would worry about would be the um, the sauce, the tzatziki sauce mm-hmm. with the dill and the Cucumber. and the. Mm-hmm. I think that may throw it off a little bit. But if you could do something like a gyro plate where your sauce comes on the side. Um, cause there's a local Greek restaurant here in town yeah. that you can get a Euro, but you can also get a Euro plate and they serve it with all this stuff and you basically build your own. Mm-hmm. That would be, cause I think the Euro meat yeah. and like the pita. Definitely that meat flavor would go would really, go really, really well. well with us. But even, I agree the tzatziki sauce might be a bit much. Yeah. And even just like maybe some Euro meat and feta Ooh. would be really good. Get that little bit of extra saltiness in there. Uh, I think that that this you with the, the the garlic and the lemon and the dill and the cucumber, or really be the dill and the cucumber that kind of kind of throw it off. But this is you know it's football season when these beers come out, both football and football, and so I think this is you know it, if you're not pulling Oktoberfest to your tailgates, you're missing out. Agreed. Yes, it's going to cost you a little bit more. I'm telling you, it's going to go well with anything that you're going to pull off the grill or cook at your tailgate. This would be this is a great with burgers. Trust me, I know. <laughs> sausage. We've done it with sausage today, but I've done it before. Right. Pizza. I mean, really anything. Ribs. I'm not a mm-hmm. huge rib eater, but ribs. Be careful with your barbecue sauce, though, just because you yep. might overpower it there. Yeah, we did really ribs. Last year, with last year's October. Yeah, but it's going to go well with anything that you're going to think about throwing on a grill at a tailgate. And I love good beer, but I'll be honest with you. I love cheap beer as much as any girl out there. (laughs) Um, I get made fun of a lot for it because people are like, you drink such good beer, you drink good wine, you like finer whiskeys. And then girl will throw down with a six pack of Coors Light. <laughs> and it's fine to have those beers, especially at a tailgate where you've got a lot of people drinking. They're going yeah. through a lot of beers quickly, but throw in a 24 pack or something of something nicer because people will appreciate it. Or that's your hidden cool. That too. That's the cool that's in the back seat of the vehicle rather than out with everybody else. And you pour it in your own cup, Yeti, whatever. So that they're like, oh, what you drinking? No, I'm just drinking a beer. Or, oh, hey, you're just drinking a beer. Yeah, the cooler's over there. 
And then there's that one guy that goes, where's the cooler? And you go, it's in the back seat. <laughs> and you have that little nod, nod, wink, wink. And that's when you know you're like, yeah, buddy, I got you. That's also my trick for tailgating with wine is a lot of times, you know, if you have nice, nice beer or, you know, crud crap beer, however you want to call it, in your coolers, you can do the same thing with your wine, but have that one, have those couple things that are just sitting back, back there for those who know, or those that you're like, hey, yeah, we're all going to be getting drunk today, but you try this before we all get way too toasted. It's true. Because talked about knowing your wine guy, but become that, become that person for somebody, you know, share your knowledge because it's, it's not meant to be just held in and for you only. It's meant to be shared with your people because that's what food and food and drinks about. For sure. So, uh, noshing on the pizza with this beer. Tell me about it. So I said earlier that this pizza was a little bit salty, but delicious to me with this second beer, it doesn't come as across as salty. I think it's the, this beer is a little more hearty, malty, and it absorbs some of that sweetness a little bit better, or that saltiness a little bit better, mm-hmm. and you don't get it as much. I actually get a little bit more sweetness out of the meats. Mm. Not that they are sweet meats, mm-hmm. but a lot of times cured meats have that little bit of, yeah. they do have a lot of salt because they've been cured, but they have that little bit of sweetness, and I'm actually picking up more on that sweetness okay. from the different meats than I did with the first beer. And I really acquire it to that more malty, hearty. Yeah, because the sweetness of the beer goes away. Mm-hmm. Or it lessens. kind of And it kind of really does, like, you, yeah, just like you said, it really just kind of balances each other out and is, you know, really dang good. Mm-hmm. Like that. Speaking of sweet meat, what do you think about seafood pairings with Oktoberfest? I think shrimp would go really well with this. Okay. Um, like just boiled shrimp or fried shrimp or... I'm thinking sh- like boiled shrimp with some spice. Like okay. you would think of like a low country boil. Oh, okay. Lobster with not just a butter sauce, but like a garlic butter sauce. Mm. Scallops, maybe. It would really depend on how they were prepared and I would have to think about that. Yeah. But I really think that you could drink this, especially if you went to... A seafood boil. I won't yeah. call it a crawfish boil because other people do other boils. Think of crawfish boil spice if you're from the south. Or yeah. Old Bay if you're from the north. Old Bay. Love yeah. me some Old Bay. <laughs> so you're saying like crab, those kind of stuff. We, yeah. But it, as long as it's got some depth to it. Yeah. And I mean, I love, you could just boil me some crab or some lobster and give me just regular butter. Girl, be for it. <laughs> But I do think with this beer, you would need some other flavors, whether it was in the butter or right. in the pot that you boiled it in. What do you think about with the other beer, the lighter style ones? I'd probably want even more spice. Actually, no. No, I would not. Because I think the spice would overpower the beer. That I think would be more of your traditional shrimp with butter. Maybe some spice, but don't. I said more spice, but no. I think about that. and I'm like, no, 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 no. What do you think about like? Clams or mussels? Yes, especially with that lighter beer. Yeah. Some clams and like a garlic butter linguine. Mm -hmm. What about like a heavier fish like salmon or tuna with these beers? With either one or the style of beer? It would, with the style of beer, oh, for sure. With these specific beers, I'd really have to think about how I'm seasoning my fish, how I'm cooking it. Right. You know, I kind of, you know, I don't really eat it, but I think like a, 
like a barbecue or like a teriyaki style salmon would go really well with the Ozark beer because it's got that kind of depth and that barbecue flavor that I'm thinking about. Because I'm thinking about, you know, maybe some of the people who we're talking about tailgate, you know, tailgate on the coast where you have access to good, fresh seafood and those sorts of things. I think sometimes better, higher end beers, unless they're like Belgian beers, get washed away when it comes to seafood. Thinking everyone's like, oh, well, you got to go to wine. You got to go to wine with seafood, which it does pair very, very well. But I think there are some pairings that we don't think about. I think people overlook beer because they have been taught seafood and wine, seafood and wine, right? seafood and specifically white wine. Yep. I don't like white wine. Seafood and the right red wine go mm. very well. Mm-hmm. You have to pick your wine well. And I think it's the same thing with beer, but don't be afraid to pair those together. Yeah. The worst thing is it's terrible. And you set that glass aside, you get something else, you finish your meal and you come back and you finish that glass for dessert. Exactly. Or you just make sure you have some of this cheddar and you'll be fine. <laughs> right. You're fine. <laughs> I agree with you. I think pizza goes really spectacularly with this, with this beer. So since you're on the show and we're heading toward the blind, we got to talk about best on plate. You haven't been here since we've done Best on Plate, but the way Best on Plate works is for each beer, we're going to pick what we think went best with okay. it. So uh, let's start with the the Hofbrauhaus. House. I wish I had a little bit more of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what do Mostly you think? Mostly to revisit every little bit we had just for that last little bite. Right. Because I'm through most of a beer. But I'd say with the Hofbrauhaus, House, it's a toss-up between the cheddar mm-hmm. and the Jaegerwurst. Okay. They were very close in my opinion. The pizza was delicious, but like I said, it was a little bit saltier than I would have liked with that specific beer. So that's why pizza doesn't win out. If I had to pick an ultimate winner, I'm going to go with the cheddar. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to totally agree with you on that one. The cheddar, the cheddar to me was just lights out with that Hopper House that it added that depth and body to the cheese to the, the cheese added that depth in the body to the beer and that salinity just made everything kind of sink through now what about with the ozark with the ozark Oktoberfest? i'm gonna go the pizza i mean everything was good the cheddars was fantastic right that bratwurst or that jaegerwurst is delicious <laughs> but the pizza it just it toned down that saltiness. It right. brought out that sweetness. It just really melded well together, and they married very well. And I'm very very happy with it. Yeah, this was that was one, and I I'm gonna agree with you again. Um, that was one where both the pizza and the beer tanked when we had it, and just like you said, you know, it kind of lifted the beer a little bit, brought down the saltiness and just kind of changed it to like, it made me think of sitting outside in the fall and just enjoying everything that the fall has to offer. And it was just, it was lights out and that was really, really good. So, well, Jordan, I think it's time for us to head into the blind. Are you ready to blind me on some beer? Sure. All right, let's get it poured up. All right. It looks like Jordan just put down a couple old engine oil for me for the for this blind now. So that makes me uh that makes me super excited to go ahead and get this blind. So let's uh, it's old engine oil. 
Yeah, she just went outside and dumped it from the car. Um, all right, so here we go. So this beer is black. It is very, very black. There is not much head retention on this, but what head remains or what bubbles I can see, it's a kind of a caramely color, which lets me know, first of all, that I'm going to really enjoy this beer because that's one of the ways I know from my years and years of extensive tasting. And there's not much else you can't see through it. It's It seems very, very viscous. Um, it's poured up pretty high in the glass, so I don't feel comfortable swirling it to see leg but i i'm gonna go ahead and guess that it's pretty dark that's good um i'm gonna go ahead and give it a t- oh man i know what it is but i'm giving it a taste too oh that beer is delicious now like it looks so delicious i had to go ahead and get a taste before i even talked about what the nose of it was so let me go ahead and, and give this a big old snifferoo and talk about what it smells like I know she's giving me the tisk tisk over there, and I was like, "But you put down the beer in front of me, and you know I just want to drink it." Okay, so this beer, it is extremely rich, dark, dark chocolate, dark, almost like burnt coffee, almost burnt caramel. It smells boozy, so I'm gonna go ahead and just put out on a limb that it's barrel aged. It just has that big, rich smell to it, you know. Like I said, caramel. Really, really roasted coffee, super dark chocolate, and uh, I'm going to say bourbon. Like, it just, it has that reminiscent smell of bourbon to it. Uh, Now, I'm going to give it a proper taste. Me too. For those of you that couldn't hear that, Jordan gave me a golf clap. Ooh, yeah. So, this is definitely really rich, really, really malty. Like, not burnt, but super bitter chocolate. Like, really, really good espresso. Uh, definitely has all those yummy, roasty flavors. Um, like I said, there's some like very, very charred citrus in there. Um, but it's almost just like super burnt. Can't tell it. Definitely some breadiness in there. Some sort of, there's definitely barrel aging on this. But it's not, like, it doesn't jump out as bourbon. Like, you know, people are starting to experiment with wine and beer and, well, and um, different types of liquor barrels. But there is still some of that, like, presence of bourbon oak. Definitely oak taste. Definitely, definitely oak tasting. Um, I'm going to go ahead. I'm not going to go as far as where exactly it's from. But this is a, you know, this is a bourbon barrel aged imperial stout. I don't want to say maybe it's a chocolate stout or a coffee stout that got barrel aged just because it has all that extra roastiness and it's not jumping with bourbon. That's kind of what is throwing me off a little bit. There may be some other barrels that were used in there, but it's hard to really tell just based off the taste. And but there's definitely those rich, roasty, chocolatey notes. Maybe it's a milk stout. Maybe it's a barrel aged milk stout. Man, if that if it's a milk stout, if it's a barely aged milk stout, yes. And if you are a brewer and you brew a milk stout and you do a barrel aged imperial milk stout, I would love to taste test it. <laughs> I would love to taste test it. And Jordan just wants a straight IV yet. I just want an IV bag of it and give it in. So I think that's what I'm going to go ahead and call it is a a whiskey barrel aged coffee stout. No, not coffee stout. Chocolate stout. I'm going to say it's imperial 
chocolate stab that's aged in some sort of whiskey barrel. Well, Jordan, so much fun. So much fun. Thank you. So much fun to have you on the podcast. Having me back. You know, it's sad that dad's kind of gone and out of town, but it's always, it's always great to have you on the podcast and you might be on next week as well. The world will never know (laughs) until next week. Next week, I'm definitely going to be having two, two uh, former podcast guys on here. Dave and Steven will both be on the podcast and Jordan, if Jordan decides to be on the podcast, she is more than always more than welcome, especially since she is providing part of the podcast. I'll probably be here. <laughs> and next week's going to be a lot of fun because what we're doing is we're doing high, low liquors. So Jordan, I kind of buried the lead there a little bit, but Jordan will be graciously providing us some Blantons. So we're going to talk about high-end bourbon and kind of standard bourbon, and we're going to taste through some of the differences. And then possibly we'll also be tasting some high-end and mid-level rums. Dave, Dave, who's been on the podcast before, is a big rum guy. We'll see if I can get him to bring one of his higher-end rums, and we'll kind of do a mid-level rum. And then we can talk through and taste, so we can kind of you can kind of know the differences, but you know what makes a high-end bourbon worth spending the money for it, or how do I think through, or how do we think through how much it's worth? We'll have some food to go with it, but just know it's it's not going to be super pairing next week. But it is going to be, I think it's going to be really fun and informative. I think it'll be uh, very interesting. I probably will be back just because. If I'm sharing my whiskey, I'm probably coming back to talk about it and to obviously drink some myself. <laughs> yeah, no matter what, you'd definitely be drinking some, but <laughs> we, we're curious about getting on the mic. But sounds like you're going to be back next week. It's going to be lots of fun. And uh, we hope to have you guys back next week. Dad is having a great time out there in Italy. He's been sending me pictures. Him and my mom are having such a good time, and I'm super excited about that. Uh, remember, follow us on your favorite podcast platform. We are on most of them out there. If you love what we're doing, if you like what we're doing, give us some stars and a rating on your platform. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We are most active on Instagram at Acquired Tastings. And if you feel like being old school and sending us an email, we are Acquired Tastings at gmail.com. Well, Jordan, thank you again for being on the podcast. It has been so much fun to have you back on and drink through some great beer. Always a pleasure. I appreciate being invited back. And once again, I'm Josh Mills, and we'll see you next time.